I know you, Raziel. You are worthy. Where am I? Hang on. We. Last time we installed a bloody mod. Raina, what are you playing at? I'm not in the underworld. I can tell you right now, my name isn't Raziel, it's Squidge. Do you want to know how I know I'm not in the underworld? There's a sign there saying, Welcome to Brighton. Brighton! You think Brighton's the underworld? Right, stop. Stop this. Right now. Cut the music. <sighs> so much better. Right. Play the intro, Mr. Podcaster Man. Welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tailors Podcast. Woo! I am one of your hosts, Jay, and with me is Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. How are you, Squidgy? Really? How, how, <laughs> I messed it up again. How are you, Squidgy? Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. There we go. How are you, Squidgy? I'm not too bad. Spent most of the day trying to... Uh find my daily fix of uh, quotes from a particular game we're going to be getting into because I, I realise that if I start the game, it takes ages, but I only want a number of quotes. So I just spent two hours listening to them quotes over and over again and I'm fully satisfied now. Yeah, yeah. I'm a very simple we'll, person. Really. We'll talk about that in a moment. But, you know, it, it's important to say, because you, you all didn't, didn't just... Um, uh, sort of have this weird hallucination and hear someone else laughing in the background. We are joined by Raina today. Raina, how are you? Hello, hello. Oh, good, thank you very much. Glad to be home. I'm not at work. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I, w- I wish I could share the sentiment I work from home. So yeah, I'm stood yeah. where I normally work. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, well, guys. <laughs> usually work sitting down, right? So standing up, there's a little bit of a difference. I mean, there's, there's, there's an altitude difference, definitely, but not by much. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's a difference, and that's what counts, right? Wait, is Scooch actually standing up? Yep. Really? Oh, Hang on, wait, wait a standing second. Either. Wait a second. Excuse me, please. This shit, I'm out. Is, Holy, is oh, wow. Down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Standing down. That was, yeah, that was me walking off webcam for, anyone who, <laughs> yeah, for, right, for right. the listeners, you know. Yeah. Awesome. For those of you who are listening, that was the sound of Scooch walking away. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, excellent. And not well, coming we, back. Absolutely. Yeah, you you <laughs> just bubbled it because you came back to say that you weren't coming back. So, you know. I mean, I can do it in future and just sod off, you know. That's like when people say, this is the last time I'll ever talk to you. And you go, oh, really? And they go, yes. Well, it wasn't, was it? You just said yes. Anyway. Making a um, point. They had to say yes, so I hit you over the head with the chair, one of the two. Absolutely. Still makes the point, doesn't it? So, so Raina is with us today. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, Raina. Yeah, yeah, you are. You are. Yes. It's a complete guess, so I'm really terrible <laughs> names anyway. So, Well, you may know of Rayner because there's this Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver HD mod slash remaster that's just happened in the last, mm-hmm. I'd say, the last three, four weeks. And, uh, and, and uh, you may also know of Rayner because of their work with uh, The Ancient's Den, which is a Legacy of Kane fan site, which we'll go into in a moment. But let's, in fact, let's not worry about it. Let's talk about both of those right now. 
Let's talk about the Ancients then and the Soul River HD mod slash remaster slash whatever we're supposed to be calling it, because I don't know what we're supposed to be calling it. Um, so do you want me to start about the Ancients then or the remaster? I guess the Ancients then came first, so it makes sense. Um, but um, I think my whole journey with Legacy of Cain, it makes sense to mention it started in 1999 or maybe uh, just around 1998, 1999. 1999, uh, was it February, March? I got the Lighthouse demo from a month of PSM magazines. I don't know if you guys remember, my parents were buying it from me every month. I was like, oh my God, I get to play demo games, something you don't really get to do anymore these days, or or rarely. Not not many companies do them anymore. But um, it was some sort of, you know, every month you would wait and it was like, oh, what kind of game is going to be next? I can't wait. And, you know, you could. The only source of news was was where the magazines. There was I didn't have internet back then. I was just a kid. So um, yeah, every month you would just rejoice when you got one and read it all through like several times before the new came in. And one of these games I I laid my eyes on was Soriva, and it has this really cool artwork of um, renders of Raziel. Um, it was hilariously uh, mispronounced in the magazine, though. It, the actual review was saying he's called Ral Zael. Brazil. I was like, really tongue twister. I was like, oh my God, is that right? I was like, Ral Zael. Brazil. Okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I found out it was a mistake. So um, okay, luckily it was a misprint. But um, yeah, I was really intrigued because uh, I was just um, moving on from the PC gaming, from like, you know, 2D graphics back in the day. Um, I had a 486DX, but we sold it, and then we got PS1. So um, it was my first uh, venture into the 3D gaming with Tomb Raider 3, and then Tomb Raider 3, I really loved it. So when I saw Sorry, I was like, this is something similar. I can really get into it. And I just loved the hand-to-hand combat. In the demo, you can glide, you can swim. It just felt so new and fresh at the time because, you know, most games were 2D, about 1995-1996 and then when Tomb Raider 1 came out everything changed and everybody started to going into 3D so um yeah 3 days later when i you know i was old enough to play it well i say old enough i think i was 11 or 12 <laughs> so um i know i know i know it's 18 plus game apparently <laughs> but um you know i wasn't really scared by vampires and impaling them i, thought, I was fascinated by the designs by um, the music. So when it came out, I saved up my money as a kid. I was like, oh my God, parents, we have to buy me my, buy me this game. So when it came out, it was a delay because I was expecting it early 1999, but it came August 1999 instead. Um, so I, I used all my money I saved in my piggy bank to, to buy it. So I was really happy. So I finally got to play it properly. And here we are. It's 23 years later. Um, I started joining the forums online. I still didn't have internet back in the 2000s. Uh, I think we got it like after school, 2004, five. But I know our country was a bit, it took a little longer for the internet to fully widespread. We were going to internet cafes. I'm not sure if you guys remember that. Mm-hmm. Just, just you know, with, the, with not, we're not with the USB, but with diskettes or floppy disks. So yeah. I was like, oh my God, it's two megabytes. I mean, how much documents I can put on Yep. It's just, it feels surreal thinking about it now. Um, first time mm-hmm. using, uh, I, I, had, I, need, I needed to be helped with the email because never done it before. And it's just, I still remember that day when the guy helped me to set, set up my own email address. I was like, and now I'm like, oh my God, it's so simple. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, in, I used to lurk on the websites a lot. Like Nos Gothic Realm was one of the first big websites which are, or forums which were covered dealing with Legacy of Kane. It was really popular back in the day, lots of members, but I was never a poster, if that makes sense. More reading kind of persons. Like I said something here and there, but not too much. Um, then we got the Eidos forums, so the official ones back when, they st- when they're still uh, active. Now they're shut down, unfortunately. But um, 2007, I just thought, did this experiment with the flying glitch um, and I recorded it on my uh, friend's computer at the time. I didn't have a computer back then still. I don't know, it's weird, but um, so I recorded it at really bad frame rate, at, you know, low res, really pixelated 480p or something like that. <laughs> it's it's laughable now, but that that's what the computers were back then. Um, mm-hmm. So I recorded it, I put it on, I made it my channel. That's the first video I put up. And I, I think it just snowballed on from then. I started making more and more videos. Um, I guess you just get better the more you do it. I got better equipment. In 2009, I made a blog because I wanted to write about all these findings because um, The Lost Worlds, another major huge website which deals with the cut content, discovered a lot of stuff. So um, I always was into it. And I was amazed to find out that this has all the... Uh, cut dialogue audio on it already they didn't remove it so it's one of those holy grails kind of thing you keep searching in the game like there must be something more to it and um yeah it's just uh never left the community because you know i I guess it's my whole life now pretty much (laughs) (laughs) i like that i like that um one thing i will say is that uh you said about oh it was so surprising carrying around a, a a floppy disk right um now I'm I'm not super duper old. I'll I'll date myself right now. The date of recording, I am 36. But um, I was at college around the time that you were saying, you know, we were going to the internet mm-hmm. cafes and stuff. And I would take a floppy disk in, and I'd do all my work on that, right? Yeah. And I did like com- I did computer programming and electronics at college, so it was like full of source code and full of documents mm-hmm. and full of images and stuff. And one day I, I sort of I was like, well, I, li- I like all this music, I- and I can MP3 it. Right, so I can maybe, if I'm really lucky, if I if I futz with the MP3 encoding, I can maybe fit one song. On a <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, what I used to do is I used to go down the library where I'd be oh working, my. and I'd take a, you know a stack full, <laughs> stack full of, of floppy disks, and, uh, and a pair of wired headphones, wow. and I'd be working away, and and like a song would end, I'd close the <laughs> swap the floppy disk. Oh listen my to god. The I can't. I only use it for documents and, you know, like drawings and paint, but I will not put music on it. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. It is. It is. My goodness. But yes, that's the world we used to live in yeah. just over 20 years ago. Thank goodness right? for USBs. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Like I was, I was screwing about with my phone. Uh, I was screwing about with my phone earlier on today with a with the usb cable and i was playing around so i'm a i mean i've said it hundreds of times on the show in the past i'm a dev i was playing around with uh, .NET maui and avalonia and making yeah. an app on my phone i was like this is crazy i can type the code here <laughs> see it in the simulator i can push a button and it's on my phone this is like just just what are this what in the world exactly it feels so it? alien yeah if you show it to yourself like 20 years ago you'll be like what how is that even possible yeah yeah and then and then to throw an extra um spanner into the mix (laughs) 
I have a ra- I have several Raspberry Pis on my network, mm-hmm. and one of them acts as a media player. So I've got oh. my own sort of version of Spotify. All of my personal rips of music are on this uh, Raspberry Pi, and I run a, a piece of software called uh, Jellyfin, which indexes all of the music, and it gives me a web interface, mm-hmm. and I can go. Oh, I want to listen to that album now. So now oh. I don't have to carry a stack of, of floppy disks around me. It's Brilliant. all around the ether. It's oh. crazy. Wow, that's great. It's only about. It's only about five years ago he stopped carrying around the floppy disk. It got annoying when I was trying to do something. He was constantly putting music on. Uh, <laughs> it just won't let up. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for playing games when you shouldn't have been, you're talking to a guy who played Resident Evil 2 when he was nine. Oh, right. So, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was so used to arcade-style games that mm-hmm. tank controls meant nothing to me. I didn't have a clue. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, I mean, I uh, got sat down with the PS1 pad, and the only thing I thought, because I died straight away, was, is this just a zombie Is this just a, a zombie feeding game? Is that all it is? <laughs> We're just feeding the zombies. I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. Mm. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, people complain about tank controls these days, but you know what? I'm so used to them. I still play games with tank controls, but you have to play them on D-pad, not on a stick. Stick is not really... Stick don't work. Nah. Nah. Well, I mean, you're talking to a chap over here, Squidge, who um, completed, wasn't it Resident Evil 3 with an arcade? Right, okay, so Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil 2, Silent Hill, and I got halfway through Resident Evil, I played it on uh, uh, Arcade Stick. What? On Arcade Stick? Wow. Yeah, I bought an arcade stick, not realizing. I just I just bought it because I wanted one. I've got a thing for arcade sticks. Oh, wow. It's sort of like a, a competition arcade stick for the PS3. Uh-huh. So it doesn't exactly can... The the stick isn't like eight directions. It's just a box. So it's easier to help fighting with. Uh-huh. Like a square where the, the jo- joystick is instead of all the different directions. Uh-huh. And I just made it my mission to complete every single tank control game I could get my hands on with that and firing in Resident Evil when you've got to reach over with a little finger and then do that and then try and change direction. Oh, my. You need, you need to be a squid to do that. Right. Put, I managed it somehow. Well, I mean, you're one letter off, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 just a little bit. You keep setting them up, I'll keep knocking them down. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. That sounds like torture to me, but yeah. <laughs> hey, like, I mean, if you enjoy it, squidge, do it, right? It wasn't that far off, but yeah, I managed to do it. Wow, amazing! Silent Hill was the worst. That's that's yeah. um, you can't run in straight lines. You're constantly turning, and that's just how the game works. Mm-hmm. You know the the wobble run and yeah. <laughs> mashing into doors. You know. Yeah. Oh well. So there's two things that you both mentioned there. I'd like to come back to if that's all right. We'll talk well, real wobble quick. run. Well, yeah, exactly. We'll talk real quick about the Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver HD remaster mod. We'll get into why you're saying it's a remaster and why you're saying it's a mod in a moment. And then if you're interested, Reina, we'd love to talk to you about your favorite and least favorite controllers as well, just real quick. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. We've been talking about controls. Yeah, controllers. makes sense. Um, yeah. So let's quick, quickly talk a really brief description whilst it gives you a moment to think about it a brief description of the the hd remaster slash mod thingamy for legacy of king soul reaver just that because then that'll give you a second to to to, to think of what you're going to say about controllers right i already know what to say <laughs> don't worry oh, yeah, then. <laughs> <laughs> um it's quite easy because i've basically been a playstation gamer like since 1996 so i didn't 
I mean, I had a few. X, X, I had the Xbox 360 controller, but that's about it. I'm like, I have PS3, PS4, PS5, PS1, PS2. So I have all those plus Xbox 360. Sensing a pattern. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You do, you do. Um, no, Xbox 360 is a good controller, but for my hands, I think it depends on what size hands you have. To me, it seems a bit too bulky and heavy. I know some people with bigger hands probably prefer it because you can hold it better. But for me, it didn't really if i had to choose and also the batteries come on you have to get rid of the yeah. batteries by now i mean sure. do they still use them in the latest series x and s um i'm they... not too sure about the latest one i haven't got it but i know the elite pads yeah these things uh-huh. the elite pads the usb-c charging oh, they've got an internal goodness. battery oh that's great but i remember the three pads are cheap but <laughs> the, the, the battery lasts a lot longer that's good so the four seconds I've just spent on Google tell me that there are still battery packs. They're uh-huh. just not as around AA batteries. Oh, anymore. good. Because um, I remember the Game Boy Color de- game, uh, days when you used to swap out the <laughs> the batteries constantly trying to play Pokemon games on. It's like, oh, my God, played so many hours on that and so many batteries. Or, or, if, or if you haven't got any, you just take the, 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 the back of it off where the batteries are and you just roll them a bit <laughs> to get an extra 10 minutes out of it. Oh, really? Oh yeah. I, I was using a, like an adapter. You can just plug it in and it will, you know, you have to be state connected to the socket, but it was worth <laughs> it, right? <laughs> that was the thing about, so the Game Boy Color and the Game Gear both had these, right? They were portable video gaming machines, as long as portable meant less than a meter yeah. away from a socket, right? But to be honest, Steam Deck is the same. The battery doesn't last long, so... But I don't care. I'm, I'm in bed or on a couch, and both of them have a socket next to it. So it's so bulky to be taking anywhere, anywhere else. At least I don't know. It, it's really big. <laughs> I can't yeah. Right? You can't move a desktop PC from one room to another. Exactly. Either. Exactly. And sometimes you just want to get away from sitting in front of in this setup or from the chair because it can get a bit uncomfortable after long uh, hours of working on your project. Tell me about it. You you can't move your desktop PC from one room to the next. Not with that attitude, you can't. (laughs) Uh, Not when you have a small house and there's no space. (laughs) Get a desk on wheels job done. Oh, (laughs) no, that wouldn't work. But sorry, I was meant to say who's what's my favorite controller. Um, I think after trying, (laughs) sorry, I'm going off a tangent there. Um, I think I would say. Dual sense surprised me pleasantly. I was like, not sure about the different design, but after I played with it, wow, it's very comfortable for me. Um, mm-hmm. The haptic feedback, oh my god, I don't know if you guys have this or tried this. It's wow. Some of the games like uh, Horizon Forbidden West or Returnal have it. You can actually feel the texture of the rope as your character is sliding down on it, or there's tension. Mm-hmm when you're pu- uh, pulling up the arrow out of your, uh, and you're just trying to pull it out, I was like, oh my God, it's like, you can, it's actually resisting you and you have to push it harder. And uh, it's just, I don't think the, if you connect this to a PC, it can do the same thing. It's, I think it's only on PS5, but it's amazing. I, I, so like, I want to buy as many games I can with the haptic figure on PS5, just to feel that's, you know, I think Stray has it. You can feel the, the carpet being um, mm. clawed by the cat. It's just yeah, it's just amazing. So I would say my favorite at the moment is DualSense, but I think the close second would be the DualShock Two because it's just 
I don't know, I've used it for like over t- well, 15 years now. I know I still use it for playing Tomb Raider games, actually. Um, the older yeah. ones, the classic ones for, for the D-pad is great on it. And um, even though it has stick drift after like 15 years now, the D-pad still works and, you know, it's a very durable controller. So um, I really like it. But Xbox 360 is good too. But I don't know. I think for my hands, it's just the dual shock line is much better than that. It's a bit weird when it when it comes to controllers because I've got like I've got Xbox One controller, I've got 360 controllers, they work. But if I'm playing something like a first person shooter, I go for a Sony pad. Oh really? Wow. I don't. I think it's just having your thumbs rested uh-huh. right next to each other instead of one being hiked up. Yeah, I see. What I don't you know, mean. It's the only game. It's the only game where I go for a, a Sony pad for. Hmm. I would ask you why are you playing a first person shooter with a gamepad in the first place, but because <laughs> something something <laughs> hit myself, um, or I haven't got the game on Steam, hmm. so no mouse and keyboard. So. I'm joking. Or if it's a case of, or if it's a case of like Borderlands games, Tiny Tina's Wonderland oh, came okay. out on on consoles, and then you had to wait like four or five months because right. to get it on Steam because it was an Epic Store oh, exclusive, yeah. I think. So you yeah, so it's the same. Yeah, same with Borderlands mm-hmm. Three. So it's just a, a waiting game. Right. But but yeah, I mean, if I've I've played FPSs on pads. It's it's nothing new. I mean, I me too. But you know, once you start using keyboard and mouse, you're like, why, why? <laughs> yeah. Well, I I had to train myself to do that because oh, really? my uh, my left hand my left hand wasn't as flexible as you need to be oh. to do FPS. So I had to get a, oh. I think it was called Nostromo. Where oh. it's you have all the shock key yeah, button, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like and a, the yeah. joystick on the side. Yeah, I I taught myself by doing all the shortcuts, mm-hmm. and then gradually over a period of time, I just used like normal. Mm-hmm. But it it took me ages because uh, I just didn't have the flexibility, and then once I got it, didn't need it no more. I see, I Paradoxical that my remaster is for Dreamcast, but I actually really don't like the Dreamcast controller. And it's not even the design itself, it's the missing features it ha- it doesn't have, like the triggers. No triggers, you can't control the camera, no right stick. What are you going to do? So they actually botched the... Uh, they didn't botch, but they didn't have any choice to put the camera on the D-pad instead. And you can't control the camera as you move, because your thumb is thumb is on the uh, left stick instead. So it's it's really awkward way so thank goodness for emulators who can let you remap you can use any controller you want so um yeah not I mean, a there are different ways of doing it you, you could go about it the same way as anyone would play an n64 controller which is three hands <laughs> yeah you play it and then you have a third hand come under just to control <laughs> the camera that's one way of doing it uh, i guess sounds very uncomfortable <laughs> you know the interesting thing for me about the ps4 and ps5 controllers all of the PlayStation controllers, because PlayStation 2 onwards all use FreeBSD, which is really a Linux. It's more of a Unix. Mm-hmm. Um, but because that's upstream from, from Linux, sort of, uh-huh. it's a truthy statement. It's not exactly true, but it's truthy. Um, by the time that the consoles hit the market, the drivers for the controllers are already in the kernel. Huh. And so if you're on a Linux desktop, you can use... The PS4, PS5 controllers. But the best thing for me is that the um, the touchpad, you can use it as a real mouse pad, as a pointing device oh, on really? your computer. 
So you pair it up over Bluetooth and you're like, I've got a mouse as well. You just sit there with a teeny tiny little touchpad. Nice. You can I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But there you go. Cool. Okay, um, so let's, right, because we were going to talk about the Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver HD mod remaster thingy, <laughs> and I distracted us all. So let's quickly talk about that a little bit. So what, what you mentioned a few times that, uh, like you've hinted at it, I know that it's a mod for the Dreamcast version of the game. You've just mentioned the Dreamcast. We're going to get um, our friend Andrew Dickens' ears freaking up because he's a big fan of the Dreamcast. Cool. He's writing a whole bunch of books about them. So... Well, talk talk me through it. What it right. What's going on? So I think with we, the we need to go back to uh, year two thousand to be able to explain this mm-hmm. better. Because um, when uh, Sorry what came out in nineteen ninety nine, it was in August, and it came out on PlayStation, and I think PC followed like one month later potentially. Yeah. It was pretty much almost a simultaneous release. But basically, I don't know if it was obviously must have been Ados who commissioned the port to Dreamcast. Unfortunately, we know what. We all know what happened to Dreamcast, and shortly after then, it didn't really compete with PS2. But um, so basically, they got this, this commission, and they um, asked Nixis, um, who are now being bought by Sony recently. I'm sure you heard of them. They ported all Tomb Raider games. Um, and they're a really good porting yeah. studio. I think they ported Spider-Man as well to um, to PC recently. But anyway, they, Nixis had, if you. Uh, Count the when the game came out. Uh, the uh, Dreamcast version of Soul River came out. I think it was January. So they literally had September, October, November, December to make the port. And so it's re- which is really um, not not much time if you think about it. it's completely different platform and you need to adapt the whole game to it. So um, they had this few months to do it. So uh, I think they what they did is just take the base game did something to the coding to unlock the 60 FPS, even though it has some sort of detrimental effect to some of the things in the game. But it runs super smooth. And once you play it like 60 FPS, it's hard to go back to the PS1 version again because the framer is so unstable and does go quite low to like, I think I measured it like 17 um, in big areas. So it is quite jarring. It's like, it feels slow while Dreamcast feel really snappy and you know fast in comparison. So they unlocked the frame rate to 60. Um, they touched up on the, they didn't actually touch up on the textures in general, even though people say it has better graphics. Not exactly true. Um, I don't know what's the problem because PS1 disc has 600 megabytes more, you know, approximately of space. But Dreamcast GD-ROMs have about one gigabyte. But the, mm-hmm. comp- uh, the textures in the game are actually more compressed than on PS1 or PC, which is feels strange because they have more space. That wouldn't be the case, right? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I did a comparison. I took screenshots of all the enemies, areas, and stuff like that. You can see some of, or most of them, are actually worse. Or they're missing color information. Like something which appears blue in the PC version is just a flash color on a Dreamcast. Um, so basically, it feels a bit... Um, like, why would they do that? But I think it's because of lack of time. They didn't have enough time to maybe to do less compression. It's it's a bit of a guesswork at this point. We, we don't know. But what they've done is changed the models out for Kane, Raziel, and Dumahim. Dumahim are very mm-hmm. blocky, if you do remember, very squ- uh, triangular shoulders. So they rounded them up. They, I think they potentially remade the model. Not sure if they subdivided it to give it more uh, rounded edges. Um, hard to tell. But they made new textures for it as well, using the original as a base. And, of, of course, Raziel and Kane both received um, 
different textures um, that the models are um, higher poly, and basically um, the texture has been redone. However, um, don't know if you guys are a fan of the new look of these two characters. <laughs> they look a bit different. Uh, Raziel. A little off, yeah. Uh, Razia, I feel it lost its style. Like, sorry, one on PS One has that distinct look of Razia. I know it's a triangular face, but he has these large eyes. It's very stylized. But the uh, Dreamcast one, he looks like I don't know Spider-Man with those really elongated eyes. It just doesn't look right. And you can see that nobody was consulting from the original team to them about it because I think they, they did these themselves and they kind of look different. Um, so I was like, that was one of the motivations for me to like do this remaster thinking I can do a better job than that <laughs> uh, because I have the time. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't. So I don't blame them. Uh, you know, they did a good job what it was and it came out on time. And, you know, it is a really good port. It has the dynamic music, which PC version doesn't have. Um, the music on Dreamcast in general is a little bit worse sounding than on PlayStation 1. And it has its issues. I mean, there's no perfect version of Sorry, where that's the most annoying part. Like, every version has a certain flaw, which is a little bit annoying, but oh well. Yeah. So, um, the remaster. So, basically, this, what I would call, is like a low-key remaster back in the day. Nobody was calling remasters back in the day. So, they took the original source code, so it's a remaster, and they just improved certain bits to it, like the graphics, um, the models, um, and that's about it. So... It is a remaster on its own and the original remaster by the developers. So what I took was like, if this is a remaster, then I can maybe finish in a way their job they couldn't do, like put the HD resolution textures in. I mean, original Dreamcast could never run these textures because of the limits. Uh, but luckily we have a Flycast emulator who can actually externally load all these textures and it doesn't tax the system as much because obviously we have modern PCs we can run it on. But um, yeah, so it is, a, the original version is definitely a remaster and I'm just, you know, made the made it HD. So it's a sorry HD remaster and it is a mod because it's done by me. So it's, it's a fan mod. So I guess it's all, all things at once. <laughs> okay. So you rolled up your sleeves and went, I'll finish this. Yes. Oh, I, was like, I don't well, care how many years. I'll get this done. <laughs> exactly. That's what it was. Hold my beer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, we'll come back to that in a moment um, because I've got loads more thoughts and questions. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. Both Legacy of Kane and Soul River. And because I would love to talk about how you managed to do the mod, right? Because I was looking yes. on. Maybe we'll just jump straight into it. I'm not sure, but I was looking on the website and like there's the comparison screenshots where you can like slide it across. Yes. I love those kinds of images, right? And there's one where I'm looking at a stained glass window and there's almost no image information in the original. And you scroll across and it's like, this looks like it's been like redrawn completely. <laughs> How in the heck did you do things like this? Like, well, like there's loads of effort has gone in, right? Yes, I mean, it took a year. So um, I started like pre-production about July last year, you know, starting thinking about it, like, how could I do this? Can I, you know, um, and it all started with um, discovering parts of the textures uh, that they actually from certain books. And I didn't know this. I, if I knew this back, like maybe 2020, when I did the AI upscaled version of this, um, I probably would have tried it then. But um, it was a good experience, you know, to just to, try it out but 
in two years later, I, I, I worked on the Tomb Raider 2 HD mod, which is not finished yet. So I already had more experience with the textures. And when this came out, or when I saw this texture, it was like this um, fence texture. I was like, wait, I recognize it from somewhere. And when I figure out this, this book has this texture, then I realized there's a lot more textures in this book than just this one. And it's just snowballed from there. And I was like, oh my God, this one, this and this and this. But this mural from the stained glass window you mentioned from Nupraptor's Retreat, that's actually not in the book. And it gave me a headache to find because right. this stained glass doesn't techni technically exist in the real world, but parts of it do. It's a basically a collage. Um, and it's a uh, work done by Hieronymus Bosch, who does um, this really crazy, um, I was called a triptych with like uh, imagery of Jesus and um, Eden and uh, everything going to hell because they're all sinful and end up being uh, attacked by demons from hell. And it's quite scary uh, looking at interesting murals there. But basically the developers went to a length of cutting pieces out of different parts of this triptych and put them all together. And I was like searching for stained glass like in sort all sorts of churches. Could never find one because it doesn't it's not it's not a stained glass originally. But I just saw this one image. I just needed just one little thing. Once I found the solo part, I find all the rest and I did. And I just had to, you know, put it back together, which was super fun. Bit like a jigsaw puzzle, right? Yes. In that one corner piece. And everything exactly. Yeah. I mean the, the way the the textures work in the game is just like a jigsaw puzzle. Basically, you start with the, the fully completed image, you cut it up into squares, then you put it in the game. Mm -hmm. So that's what they've done. So my I had to reverse this process. So take all the squares, put them on a flat plane, rearrange them back into one image again, find what would fit into that full image. And if I couldn't find the same one, do a replacement, cut it up into six squares again and put it back in a game. So yeah, it was, that's why it took a year because I had to do this for every single thing. And, you know, I was joking. It's like 16 shades of gray sometimes with the uh, textures because you have these different shades of gray on each rock and wall, but they fit together in a certain way. But if you don't do it right, the new texture will look jagged. It will not look like it's fitting. So, whew. Yeah, it was. Uh, you have to have a really keen eye for detail, and you know, I call this like uh, I had to have these certain anchor points in each image, like in each square. There was something special about different than the other square next to it. And when I looked and compared, that's how I found the difference. Okay, I can just drag it over, and that's that's the texture. But it was quite tedious, as you can imagine, after a while. <laughs> I'm just imagining, you know, you're trying to find that last bit of that stained glass window. You're like, where is it? And oh then you find the pit, you find the picture in a book, and you go, but it's like three o'clock in the morning. You're like, <laughs> I've got it. And then you yeah. just dive through the PC, headphones on, just I must do this. You know what? You're, it was. It's not far off. <laughs> on it for six hours, you finally do it, and you're like, yes, yes. And you just walk off. Yeah. <laughs> you do get a bit of adrenaline when you find something you know i mean recently we were after a certain stained glass and my friend finally found it after a year can you imagine the rejoicing of it it was just wow so it gives you this little boost when you find something but it's worse when you don't and then you're like oh what do i what do i do what do i replace it with will will it still look the same it's all sorts of questions you need to ask will the original developers have it there and if not why how can i improve it it was, um, I was actually really uh, scared of redoing the murals by hand myself at the start. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm an amateur artist, very amateur. So, um, 
uh, I didn't I try to keep the vision intact, but some cases it was too pixelated. It had to be redrawn. So um, like the mural in the Silence Cathedral, the one with the many hands and it's blowing wind. So that one's redrawn by me. Um, but I used the original as a base, so it still looks pretty much the same. But the cases like that, you know, I, I was like scared of it, but I, I'm glad I did it because it did improve and it lo- does look sharper than the original. I suppose when you're doing something like that, you need someone to bounce off, you know, someone's ideas to keep you in check. Because if you get so annoyed, you'll just go the hell with it. All the stained glass windows could be full of emojis. I've had it with this. <laughs> you can just have emojis. Like Don't worry about day. the gothic emoji style. Hell with it. Yeah, yeah. emoji reason. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, 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 it was a fact. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Don't give me ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. I'm giving you the ideas now. Oh no, oh, no. <laughs> But it, it, it was a process, um, and when at the end, towards the end, it's like you kind of—it's like a blur. If you think about the beginnings, like what did I? How did I even do that? Oh my god! How many months passed since I done this first area? And like, I'm like, why did I do it this way? Why is the PSD of it so so bad? I was like, you know, critical of myself. Like I I got, got my method of working over time. It got better and better, and I'm using this certain method. And I went came. When I came back and I was like, I didn't do it back then. I was like, I, I made myself, I had to read the whole area of the Seraphim tomb because I done it wrong the first time, basically. But you learn on your mistakes, so. Yeah, I get the same thing all the time when I'm, I get three quarters of a way through a project and I'm, uh, you know, working on some code and I'm like, oh no, if I only knew then what I know now. Exactly. And it's so much better. And then you have to resist that urge to go all the way back, at least in dev. I'm not sure about uh-huh. the, the stuff you've done here for this. Oh, remix, I definitely went back. Oh, well, that's okay. So in dev, I can't go back because I'm like, oh, right. I'll go back. It's going to push the, the oh, release further into right. the future. And it's going to cost people loads more money. So I just mm-hmm. kind of have to, oh, right. have to then say, you know, we use yeah. this phrase technical debt. I can mm-hmm. say, look, it works, but there's a problem here because there's right. always a problem, right? In we, it happens all the time in dev. It's not just me; mm-hmm. it happens with no. every dev. You get exactly. six months in, and you're like, "I wish I knew that when I started." <laughs> yeah, I mean, on the on the release date, I had like in the morning, I was like, or was it the day before? I think the day before, I was like, I should replace this texture in this area, shouldn't I? <laughs> and I redid a whole section of the Seraphim Tomb again. I was like literally the day before the release because I wasn't happy with it because you know in the back of your mind if there's something nagging you like are you sure it's right and you're like ah it's okay but you know it just wouldn't let me go and I was like I had to change it and once I changed it I was like a good thing I did and of course on the day of the release in the morning I found out oh I missed this texture and this texture oh quickly <laughs> uh, perfectionism is no joke. That's what it is. Yes, I am a perfectionism. is no joke. That's why I think you need someone sort of like to bounce off, someone to keep you in check, someone to motivate you, and someone to stop you making bad decisions to to the end of it, where you're like you're on your last day, mm-hmm. right? The last, last, very last thing you've got to do, and you're so intent and you're there and you're so absorbed, mm-hmm. and someone walks up to them and says, "So what they're doing? Are they near the end? Yeah, shh, be quiet, don't disturb them." <laughs> Then there's a there's a hush silence. Then the person who wandered up go, "Why are they wearing a banana suit?" Uh-oh. And it's shh, they concentrate the most. We don't talk about it. Just imagine they're not wearing it, but it's a banana. Shh, <laughs> don't break the floor. You know, it's whatever helps. And if you want to sit there, sat as a banana, 
in cargo shorts with a cowboy hat on, go for it, as long as you get the job done, you know. What? Why are you yucking on my yums, dude? That's how I was dressed this morning. <laughs> no, you were dressed as a tomato. I've got the banana suit. All right, yeah. Oh. <laughs> We've talked a little bit about I do want to circle back and talk more about Legacy of Kane in a moment. Yeah. But I think what would be really cool is because, you know, I'm one of these these people who've, who've not listened to the warnings and I've grown up, right? I've become an adult, never become an adult. It's, it's not worth the trap, right? And so I don't get a huge amount of time to play video games. So what I like to do when we're talking to people such as yourself, Rainer, mm-hmm. we like to talk about what are one or two of the games you've recently been playing and would you recommend them? And what we do is we all go around a bit uh, in, in a circle. And we each mention one or two games that we've played played recently, and we say whether we really, you know, recommend it to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, what we usually do, I'm dropping this on you really quickly now, is we usually go guest first. So, Reina, what's what's a game you've been playing recently, and would right. you recommend it? That isn't Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. Can you do it? Can you do it? It feels like a job now, to be honest, <laughs> playing it. <laughs> It's like, oh, I don't want to play it now because what if I find something I, I, I didn't change or I, it doesn't look right? Oh, my God. It's just, you know, it's stress. Oh, is, has, has all the copies of Soul Reaver been confiscated from you? They're in a lockbox <laughs> somewhere so you can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're all digital now, so no, good luck with that. <laughs> um, but my gaming sessions actually been postponed because what I found out, like, Obviously, you go to work, you come back home. And if I wanted to cut, do my deadlines, which was like I gave myself one month per each area um, to do it comfortably in a year, and I had to basically work on it sing- every single day. So, like, you know, up to two, three hours on weekends, sometimes five, if I was really into it. And um, there was not much time for gaming. But when Elden Ring came out, um, I was like, I have to try this, right? Okay, so three weeks I was playing Elden Ring. And I was like, okay, stop, stop now. That's all you can take for a break. Because if I keep playing Elden Ring, I'll never get this thing done. So I had to stop. <laughs> I enjoyed Elden Ring. I need to forget going back and finish it. So um, I recommend that one. Obviously, everybody praising it. So yes, it's a great game. Um, I got stuck on a boss. So I need to go back and kick her ass <laughs> um since then i've not played too much it was just here and there but recently since now i i can actually take a break and uh, what's break <laughs> it's it's all right it's, it's free hard. time i don't know it's hard actually i started working on the second project while i was finishing this one so um yeah i was like oh, maybe i do need to break a little bit <laughs> but uh i got steam deck so i started downloading the games to my library which i never ever played before um it's hard when you have 500 games and you still don't know what you want to play because it's too much choice now um back in the day we used to replay games over and over because you only had one game or two now it's the opposite problem you can't get anything finished because you just start playing something when then your attention wanders off somewhere else and you start something else and i have like up to 10 games in progress at the moment. But uh, the most recent, I know, I know, it's bad. Um, on 3DS, I actually started playing Super Metroid for the first time. I never played a Metroid game before. Um, and I'm, I'm really captivated by it. And the atmosphere is just like, I thought it's just a you know, side-scrolling shooter. What, you know, what's, what's, what's about it? But it's, it's really got into me. And I love the exploration. And actually, Subriva is considered a Metro, Metroidvania in a sense because you get yeah. powers and you unlock areas as you go. 
So um, it's really good to see its grandfather uh, <laughs> in, in a sense and uh, really enjoying it. I'm still at the beginning, but so far I can um, see myself playing it a lot longer. Um, the other game I'm playing at the moment is Horizon Forbidden West. I finished uh, the first one on PC. I finished it on PS4 when it came out. So I did a rerun of it recently. I think I spent about 75 hours. Almost done of it. I, I think I skipped a few quests at the end, but um, basically I had, you know, to refresh my memory and I started uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West and I'm like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> the <laughs> graphics leap and the animation in that game is just stunning and yeah, I really like the improvement so far. I've not played too much. I think it's about 10 hours, maybe. Um, I'm going to be playing this week some more. But from what I saw, I, I really enjoyed it and I like what I'm seeing. Um, I'm intrigued by the story and see where it goes. Um, and the third game would be actually Heaven, Heaven's Vault. I'm not sure if you guys heard of it. It's like a smaller indie game. I've been playing it on my uh, Steam Deck. Um, and it's like, how do you describe it? You, um, you translate glyphs you find and the game gives you certain choices of words and you need to make a sentence out of it. And you basically, it has a story, so you uh, travel between planets and discover these old ruins. And it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it, it's not too too long. So I think it's quite short, actually, a few hours. But um, it feels refreshing to play something, you know, to wind down right before bed. You know, no, no shooting, just just relaxing. So I think those three are at the moment. I see what you mean about Soul Reaver being like a, a Metroidvania. I mean, you've got a cape, the swords, you're killing vampires. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You don't. You don't have to hit them in the head to kill them, like you do Dracula. And then, you know, there's there's some sort of time travel. The only difference is, yeah. the whole map doesn't get turned upside down. When you go above 100 percent completion. So I, I can I can see that. You know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah, you said seventy-five. You said roughly seventy-five hours into, uh, uh, and I'm like seventy-five hours. I don't think I can do that. That's just not me. And I and this is coming from somebody who used to love just sitting. I would just sit and play JRPGs, right, all the oh. time. And and like really? seventy-five hours is nothing in a. Mm. You've just finished the tutorial in a JRPG. Right? <laughs> Yeah, the intro yeah. sequence has just ended, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not as bad True. as uh, as a Hideo Kojima game, but you know, it's, <laughs> you're right up there, right? But uh, that's, yeah, that's I mean, just three hours with someone clearing the throat is a Hideo Kojima. Absolutely, game. absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so like to counterbalance that, uh, I'm going to say that I and Squid, your rule doesn't apply to me because I've just decided because I'm a sovereign country. Um, <laughs> I have been playing Soul Reaver, but it's been the HD remaster mod remake. Think of me doodly. The not remake, not remake. No remake, sorry. Remake. Remaster mod. Not, not that, not that Had on think of me. That's what I've been playing. And yeah, I've got some, some serious ring rust for that game. I'm like, what? what how do I, how do I do this? Like Squidge was watching me the other day whilst I was oh, sitting really? And he was like, he's like, yeah, no, there's like, there's a, there's a room you, the first time you, you glide into a room and the first load of enemies, you can impale them or throw them in the acid. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to push the box this way. He's like, no, you're doing it wrong. You got to go over there. No, 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 I'm going this way. <laughs> nope. You've done it wrong. You've gone the wrong way. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> the, it's the classic, go through that door. Don't go through that door. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I just, Seriously. I just ended up cause he, he was like running around in circles. I just go stop what left. 
Yeah. Look up left. Oh yeah. Just left. That's exactly straight right. forward. Jump like squidge. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, go there. You get so angry with me that you elbow me in the face, take the control and go, look, this is how you do it. Right? right. Yeah, I can do that from 60 miles away. That's fine. Yeah, that's, that's totally fine, Squid. You, yeah, you yeah, can do yeah, that. I'll find a way. Control. Um, <laughs> and then sticking on theme, the other game I've been playing loads of, and I said 75 hours, I can't imagine it. I've so far put 44 hours into Vampire Survivors, which is this wonderfully stupid bullet hell roguelike video game it is just so good what is it i think i saw it mentioned people playing on steam deck vampire survivors like a two quid or something game yeah yeah yeah. that one yeah everybody keeps saying it's amazing (laughs) it is it is imagine you know the bullet hell um games where you're going left to right and you're just holding the fire button and filling the screen full of bullets that Uh except you're the bullets what? That's how I would describe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's re- it's it's fantastic. It's a roguelike, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And so every time you play it, you unlock certain different uh, abilities and mm-hmm. stuff. But also, it's got a, a thirty-minute game loop. At thirty minutes, death turns up and kills you, and so you have to uh-huh. start again. But it is just so good. It wow. is just okay. wonderful. <laughs> would definitely recommend. Oh, I'll look it into it. Fits really well with my um my little time that i get to play and i feel like it could be one of your sort of wind down games at the end of an evening as well because it's 30 oh. minutes you pick a character you're in for yeah. no longer than 30 minutes uh-huh. um, cool yeah would Ooh. definitely recommend now that you're talking about vampire games have you played the uh, v v game was it it's the top down i think it's called v something uh it has vampire theme it plays a vampire um i can't remember now V-Rising? V-Rising, that's it. Yay. Sorry, I I don't have it, so um, I just forgot its name. That's it, I have now. I've seen it, and I know about it, but I haven't played it. It's very Diablo-like. You like a Diablo-like game, don't you, Squidge? Maybe that's all all I've All I've got to say is, I can't imagine 75 hours, 44 hours into it, you filthy (laughs) hypocrite. (laughs) They am a filthy hypocrite. (laughs) But those were 75 hours I really enjoyed, so... um, I could have done it faster, but I wanted to do more co- all the quests uh, as much as I could. So um, it was it was really fun time. Better than on PS4 because it was I think 60 FPS on my computer. <laughs> so cool. good, good. Excellent. So what about you, Squidge? Se- you, you 75 hours. I put 300 hours into a single character, one of four on one memory card in PSO. 300 hours. I laugh in your direction. <laughs> I'm well, well, throwing about numbers. Uh, I think. Uh, Persona 5 took me 180, so it's getting closer. Uh, that's a Persona game, though. All the well, rules yeah. go out the window. Yeah, right. Persona game. JRPG. You, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. You mentioned the JRPG. <laughs> um, oh, I, I tried actually playing the uh, Legacy of Kin. I'll just call it a mod pack to avoid people yelling at me. Um with the, the Flycast emulator, and I realized very, very quickly that I've gone through the beginning of that game that much, and despite the fact it's cinematic and it's meant to be like a movie with a little bit of moving around and stuff, like I said in the beginning, I only wanted it to listen to certain things being said. So with Kane, I wanted to hear him say, cast him in. <laughs> and just to see him look really weird, I wanted to hear anything from Raziel sounding posh. <laughs> right because he talks real posh and then you've got the the squiggly elder god saying like reaver of souls and raziel that's all i cared about i turned it off after that Aww. so the the intro 
the, the, the intro movie and then like to the end of the tutorial. That's as far as I went because I realized those are the only things I wanted to hear Aww. because the, the cutscenes don't go quick enough. You can't skip them. If you could skip the cutscenes and get to it, just just so I could hear the cutscenes from later on in the game instead of the same right. ones from restarting constantly. You know, well, I have um, a solution for you. I'm going to be uploading, oh, it's a finished uploading, but uh, full playthrough. You can just skip to the fun parts if, or yeah. scatting parts if you want. <laughs> Sweet. I, I can just hear Raziel talking posh at me. All. And I will yeah. say this, Squidge. I will say this, Squidge. If you think you've played it enough, imagine how much Rainer's had to put in just to test uh, all those. I think I lost track of hours. I think probably of a thousand by now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, I've been playing it over and over since. 2000 or 1999 so um yeah it's 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 can't measure the number anymore i think that's my most played game of all time despite it being only four hours long four and a half hours if you know what you're Mm. doing but um Mm. yeah (laughs) thousands of hours it's not a competition it is it's not (laughs) uh, i've 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 played this much of this game beat it and then someone comes over and goes dominoes I've played this. Yeah. Well, the Warcraft doesn't count, sod off. Now that there's EVE Online, we're talking about games that are single-player, atmospheric. Right. And the reason EVE Online doesn't count is because you don't play it. You just give them your credit card number and you give up. <laughs> That's what you do. Really? <sighs> well, it's any any training you do on EVE Online is in real time. Yeah. So if it's a, so if you, if you if your character needs to take a three-month training course, you can't play the game for three months. Whilst our character is taking the training course. What? Yeah. I'm, I've not played EVE Online, so I have no idea. Yeah, nobody Don't plays it. EVE Online. It's a, <laughs> it's a pyramid scheme is what it is. I know a few people who do, and they tried explaining how fun it was to me, and I just zoned out. It was like, oh, yeah, see, EVE Online. Uh, but at least there's a game, unlike Star Citizen, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> sort of, they're, they're trying to explain to it, and I'm, they're just, they sounds, sounds kind of. And then in my head, I'm going, shopping list, what do I need? What do I need? <laughs> and then suddenly it's, oh, it's coming back. So, it's about to, so yeah, I find it real fun. Oh, yeah, that's great. I, I still need tomatoes. I'll just give me a second. <laughs> I just wander off, and they're like, what's he on? He's on down. He won't listen to you, you know. So, have you been playing anything else, Squidge? I mean, have you mentioned any games you've been playing? I know you yeah. said you started playing Soul Reaver. I, I, I and we went on that journey. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. No, it doesn't. I, I, I it's tried. Me. <laughs> it's, uh, I tried, but it's just going through the same areas over and over again. It does my head in. Um, <laughs> my, my attention's not what it used to be. I know what's coming. So, um, But now it looks slightly different. <laughs> Yeah, it completely changes everything. It's a brand new game. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, what have I been playing recently? Hmm. Uh, there's one game I want to mention, but that'll make Gia lose. lose what? Um, mention it. It's fine. It, no, I'll, I'll do it in a second. I'll do right. it in a second. Um, I've been getting back into the Outer oh, Worlds. Outer Worlds um, or Wilds? Wilds. The, yeah, you know, Obsidian in space. Ah, okay. I yeah. played Outer Worlds, but, yeah. Yeah. But I, I played the Outer Worlds. Now, I got I got it originally on the Xbox One, but mine died about four months ago. I haven't been able to replace it, so I got oh. it on the Nintendo Switch. The only difference is my Switch is an original. I got it on day one. Oh. So sometimes there's frame rate issues because oh. <laughs> it's chugging along. It's over six years old now, but it still works, and... I'm just going through that and just just playing capitalism in space is what some people call it. 
Um, okay. Just just playing that, trying to do the right missions, trying to be a nice guy, get the funny outcomes, yeah. shoot things in the face, just, okay. just the usual. Okay. Uh, the other game, which I'm going to glance by really fast, but watch his face. I, I've been playing Vampire Survivors, but what I've hey. also been playing. Oh there you my. go. <laughs> Just, I'd, I'll be honest, I didn't have the sound on. I was I was listening to something and I was moving around. Right. I didn't have a sound. After, after the, like, two hours, it gets grating. And I've got nowhere on it. And just, yeah, I turn the sound off. And... <laughs> it's almost like my brain leaves my head. Don't touch anything or you die, you know. And then my fingers but, cooperate yeah. with me. And that's that's the beauty of Vampire Survivors. It's totally <laughs> lots of fun. <laughs> so what else have you been playing, Squidge? That's it. That's it. Okay. That's cool. Well, not yeah. much then. <laughs> yeah, I, I play quite a lot. It's just yeah. it's just the same game over and over and over. If it's not the Outer Wells, it's some sort of I'm I'm playing Doom or I'm playing a Pokemon game that I've played a million times or I'm on Dark Chronicle or something I've played ages. I just keep going back on it. Yeah, I'll start again. But this is the yeah. thing, right? Video games are, are there if you want them to be a hobby. You want to sit and play the same game over and over again? Fill yes. your boots. You want to play different games every time? Fill your boots. It's your hobby. You do what you want. That's why I'm very I'm very against people like, you have to play this game. You have to play that game. I'm like, no, you don't. You play whatever you want. You know? <laughs> but that's me. Gatekeepers conventions through door two. Uh, off you pop. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Gatekeepers over there, please. Get out of my sight. I can't stand it. So what I'll say is, before we get on to the conversation about Legacy of Gain, I actually put out a, uh, a call on Facebook to some of my friends earlier on today. And my friends Danny and G, G has been on the show in the past, have both said, um, uh, thank Reyna for me Aww. if there's still time, because this mod is amazing. So oh, G, Danny, your, your wish has come true. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> that's yeah. that's uh, G, and when he's on the show, he, his name is G. Hashtag don't call me Audrey. Yes. Uh, it's a very long story. Okay. The first time he was on, it was, what do we call you? He said, just don't call me Audrey, we'll be fine. And he just stuck. He's that's never lived it down. That's not a long story at all. That's a very short story. <laughs> that's like yeah, one well, of the you shortest know, if, stories ever. It's a long story. Well, well I figured. 30 seconds to tell. <laughs> I, f- I figured if you could be a hypocrite about game time, I could be a hypocrite about length of a story I tell. <laughs> All right, then. Oh. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so, you guys are fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Let's, let's have a chat about the legacy of Cain, then. Because we've talked right. about Soul Reaver. Uh, well, we've talked about the, the, the remaster slash mod. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to be able to run the remaster slash mod, you need to have... You know, you know, you need to have personally obtained a ROM of the game. Either you've ripped your own disc, you've done whatever it is you've done. We're not promoting pri- uh, piracy exactly. here. That's not what we do. Yeah, and I had people those. asking me for the game. I was like, no, it doesn't come with the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And you make that very clear on the website. You know, you need yes. to supply your own thing. And I know from personal experience, it works with the PAL and NTSC versions because yes. I have them both. I've got, you know, the discs for both. I've got rips of both. It works Brilliant. on both. Yes. And so, um, yeah, we're not promoting piracy. You source that however you want to source it. I'm not saying anything. Um, but what I what I have noticed because it requires the Dreamcast version of the game, um, 
we'll come back to the Dreamcast version in a moment. Yeah. But like, you need to install Flycast, which is a, a Dreamcast emulator, and then yes. you need to add some settings into it to allow it to load these these skins, yes. these extra models. Was there a particular reason you picked Flycast? Is it just because Flycast was the one you knew? Was it's the only one. Things? Yeah, I used uh, different emulators before, like Null DC and something else. Um, I forgot the name of, but none of them. It's only recent development, um, like a couple of years ago. Redream is one of the latest ones, which is uh, quite nice. I'm sure you guys you saw or heard of Redream, but it can't do the external textures. So when I heard of Flycast, uh, my friends uh, Eagle Eye and Kane Dracula or Kane Reaver um, mentioned it on Reddit, and I was like, "Whoa, it, ca- it can't do what?" And suddenly my eyes lit up, and I was like, "Wait." I can do actually swap the textures out, the ugly textures of Raziel and Kane I don't like. Oh, wow. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, and it's actually quite simple. At least I think it's quite simple. Even a person who didn't use an emulator before, it's literally you tick a box to load the custom textures. The controller could be a little bit difficult for some people. So I do mention what to do to get it done correctly. But if anybody has problems, they can always email me. So I've been doing tech support ever since it came out. So um, <laughs> I'm on the twenty four seven. I'm I'm here <laughs> if you need me. <laughs> but another- what you're saying is, <laughs> so what you're saying is the two people that you mentioned they're, they're the ones that you personally blame for this year. <laughs> it was you two. If you want to set out, well, I've got a year to myself. How dare you? Well, <laughs> it was something I wanted to do, and you know, it's um. A, basic labor of love you know even though it was you know tedious frustrating at points and you know you basically slave away for a whole year but it was worth it because you know the result every time you found the texture and put it in the game and it looks good you're like wow now i only have to like two thousand more of these it will look brilliant if it's all together right (laughs) um just you know sitting there for last one yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you do step by step. You 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 know, you set yourself. I set myself a goal, one area at a time. Don't spray myself too much because if you try to do everything at once, it will become a mess. So you just focus on one thing and you know, be methodic about it. Even if you do like one or two textures a day, it's still some progress. You know, it's not much, but overall, it will add on. So um, yeah. it's one of those things. And flycast, um, even. Though it is more, it's not too um, graphically. It's not as maybe nice looking as Redream, but recently it had a box art update, so you actually you can have a box art of each game. You can add it on, um, so you could just click on it instead of a list. So it looks more attractive to hopefully to uh, even regular users. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good to use. And one good thing about it, it doesn't need a BIOS, so there is no BIOS distributed. There is no uh, legal problems with it because it's using high level emulation. So you just tick that box and you don't need any BIOS. So another good thing about it. Cool. The amount of times I've tried to use emulators in the past and it says, oh, yeah, we'll run this if you give us the BIOS. Oh, yeah. table flip, sod off, I'm off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you ever tried to, to rip a BIOS from your own console, it can get quite complicated. Mm-hmm. It's not a straightforward thing. So um, let other people do that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's, he's an interesting thought experiment, right? I haven't. So for those listening along, if you haven't been on the show before, we have like a planning document where we list a bunch of questions we're going to talk about. This one's coming straight off the top of my brain, which means it's probably dreadful. Um, <laughs> as a thought experiment, right? We see a lot of, of companies at the moment. I'm going to get a little bit um, video game studio political here. We see a lot of, of, of stories at the moment where the video game studios will sort of 
rip off of fan content, right? We've seen this recently with um, Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, saw, oh my god. yeah, right. Poor Enix. <clears throat> yeah, Sorry. right. You've got a horrible, really bad switch, right? Yeah. yeah. What? Hmm, as a thought experiment, right? I, none of us represent Square Enix. None of us represent Crystal Dynamics or any of the rights holders, Silicon Knights, anyone like that. What would? How would you feel? If suddenly an HD remaster of Soul Reaver appeared on Steam as an official release by whoever owns the rights now, because nobody knows. And I've, I've, got, I've got friends in the video game industry who work in the legal departments of companies and are like, we don't know. We, we know that Square Enix did own the rights and now they've sold them off and we don't know who do. Right? It's the Embracer Group, so... Um, oh, okay, yeah, so the Ponzi... That came out really quickly. I do apologize, but that's what it is. Um. <laughs> well, they actually, you know, well, what I have saw about Embracer, they seem to actually quite care about their products, and, you know, they give freedom to their developers to do. They give the money, and they just, you know, do what you like, do what you do best, and, um, you know, maybe that's what Legacy of K needs, just a bit of money, investment, yeah. and yeah. give it to good developers, because... Um, Having it shelved for 15 years or 20 years didn't really, you know, it made us really dry or starving for content. So maybe it's time to get it back. So hypothetical situation, Embracer uh, contacts you and says, hey, we'd like to release this. How much money to make your name disappear off of the product if you had to take it off of the website? I'm not asking for a figure. I'm saying, what would you do? thought experiment how would that like in your head how would that feel you said yourself it's been a labor of love it's something you've wanted to do for all this time what happens then like if they make their own product yeah and they they make you well okay so there's two two hypothetical Mm -hmm. situations they just make their own product they take your files make their own product and release it and the second one they reach out and say hey Rena, what if we give you like executive producer um credit and you have to take it off of your website and you have to take all the links down and never share it again. But you get to be exec producer. What then? What happens then? How do you feel uh, with all of this effort? Well, that's all goes into a, hypothetical. But let uh, me yeah, answer the course, first yeah. one first. Um, sure. What happens if they had their own product, which was actually I was kind of worried about at some stages because PS uh, a PC version of Sony was, is actually offline for like over a year now because of some issues with the um the release because it was it was really bad release back then but um I was worried like what if they just like literally a couple of days before I publish my thing they put their thing back up but the thought because I mean you can see on several remasters by other companies let's say uh, Rockstar. Um, they outsourced uh. it, and and what have they done? They upscaled everything. They made something t- maybe big better, and most things were worse. So um, th- this is kind of, and these people were paid, obviously potentially underpaid because obviously it's hard work, and you have a team of people who slave away on it. And I think they they wanted to have more time, but they did. Rockstar didn't give them, and they just released it in the state it was. Um, obviously, they were not happy about it either. But you know, contract was contract, so they were they had to. I don't have these constraints, and I somehow feel like they would not bother doing what I did. So I think for current days, you just put it through an upscaler and say it's all done. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I didn't, obviously I done it already myself. So I already done that part as well. So they kind of, it's kind of maybe a pointless to a degree, but uh, because I gone the extra way to find the source textures and to replace the ones which were not there, anything they put out now, if it's going to look worse than mine, then it will not look too good on them, will it? <laughs> If they decide to go this direction, I mean, they can. I mean, they can just say it's just a re-release and we're not doing any remaster, remake things. So, um, I mean, it would be nice to have Surreal back in the vanilla state, but it's not really... The PC version is really flawed. So um, I always say to everybody, don't get, don't play it, don't get it, because it's missing the sound, dynamic soundtrack completely. And that's like half yeah. the atmosphere of the game gone to just, yeah, um, obviously it has really pixelated FMVs, so, um, which I remastered, but it is difficult to get it back in without using the um, fan patches. And there's it's all, uh, quite a tangly situation with all the fan patches because they really re-released it in 2012 with a fan patch, and now taking it completely off, they try to remove it from it, which I think they successfully did. But if they re-release it now... It's just going to be the standard Sobriware version, which we had like in 1999. It won't be anything. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, <laughs> I have a feeling that I wouldn't do it as, you know, they, they wouldn't bother to upgrade it as much as I tried. But um, yeah, it's hard to say. And the second question, it's hard, it's hard to say. I don't know. <laughs> um, I would want to prefer, uh, preserve my integrity and uh, keep, keep it up because I'm not distributing the game files itself. It's, it's a texture pack. They're not complained about the first one either. So um, there is a precedent for it. Like, you know, I'm not selling the game. I'm not distributing the game files. It's just an emulator plus a texture pack. So hopefully, you know, it's, it's, it looks like it's fine. So um, sure, sure. I, I hope it stays fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the point wasn't to have a conversation about the legalities, just like, cause like, um, how do I put it? Night Dive Studio and how they dealt with um, the uh, Blade Runner remaster. Oh. Went, oh, the code is already there. We'll use that. And yeah. the are already there. We'll use those. Package it up and sell it. You know what I mean? Yeah, just- I think that was really bad move. I mean, even though it's free and by fans and open source and stuff, you still should credit people at least or ask them for permission. It's just courtesy. Yeah. That's all. In, we don't own the game. The, the company does, but you know, you've done some effort for it, and when somebody else just takes it, and because they have the rights and sells it, uh, mm. it feels a bit, you know, a bit backstab. Like you could at least ask the person, like, "Are you cool with it?" You know, yeah. we give you credit. Yeah. Um, what I'll say is, um, I've got a few friends who are, like I said, in the in the games industry, and then like the publishing side of things. And they've said to me on the down low, you'd be surprised how often that actually happens. Mm. <laughs> and it just gets swept under the carpet. Oh, and, it's really? only because, and it's only because people are, are coming forward now with things like the Call of Duty thing from at the time of recording three weeks ago. Yeah. Weeks ago, There's another one actually recently. There was a second one. <laughs> I just yeah. saw, I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. The, the art yeah. theft is, I guess, quite common. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyway. A lot of people, especially for the, 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 the GTA trilogy remake, don't, 
debacle, right? <laughs> a lot of people take jibes, and it's easy, right? It's easy pickings to have a go at them, you know. They, they, they smoothed all the textures. There's one screenshot I will never forget, and it's a screenshot of a sign for a mechanic's yeah. garage, and they turned, they turned the nut into a donut, right? Yeah. <laughs> I will never forget that. It'll always make me oh, trouble. Yeah. But it's important what they did. Not for like money wise. I mean, it was going to sell anyway. You had the hardcore fans and people complaining. It's clickbait for videos and stuff on on the line. But they 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 sort of set in in they they drew a line of this is not what you do. <laughs> this yeah. is if it if your project starts looking like this, <laughs> go the opposite direction or give it to another uh, studio yeah. to sort out. Don't ever make mm -hmm. a nut <laughs> as a sign into a donut. That's where you draw the line. Yeah. You don't go anywhere near that. Mm -hmm. well, that's, you don't just smooth stuff over and repackage it. You know, it just, exactly. goes, it just proves that you know. The, the The problem is that when you when you hand off work, and I'm not saying this is what happened, but this is what happened. When you hand off work to the lowest possible bidder, mm. corners have to be cut, and parts of those corners yes. are we'll just throw this at an HD upscaler, and just that'll do, right? Mm -hmm. And nobody's going to see it because nobody goes to that part of the game. Whereas someone in the world, that is their favorite area of that game world. They're going to go straight there because they want to see it in HD. They're going to want to stand under the bridge in GTA uh, <laughs> 4 San Andreas and stand there whilst it rains under the bridge and watch yeah. the rain somehow still come <laughs> down under the bridge because it's just a texture applied to the camera. The milky right? rain, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think the biggest problem with this is they removed the originals from stores, so you can't even go back to them if you don't already own them. So I was like, why take away the choice? Because you're trying to force the players to buy the new version so desperately. It's just really not not good with me. It doesn't sit well, this kind of practices. So. I, I, I loved the video I saw. It was just a glitch compilation <laughs> of, of the most glitchy one was like GTA 3, and my favourite one. <laughs> Was he was running down the street and then he was just launched into orbit out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, oh. and that's because the physics of the world is tied to the frame rate of the world, which right. is tied to the screen resolution. And so oh. when you when you are playing at a higher screen resolution uh -huh. and you're running too fast, the physics engine steps in and goes, "No, you've been launched from a cannon," because what? it's expecting that because oh everything's tied together, which is why like. A lot of video games are tied to, like, um, the, the example I give is, like, some of the old DOS games, right? They tied the speed of bullets to the speed of your CPU. And that's because, like, at the time, you couldn't get, there weren't huge jumps in CPU speeds. So that's why when we came to the late 90s, early 2000s, and people were playing those old DOS games, they had to put hacks in place, otherwise it would be unplayable. Right. And, and all of these games for PS2 era consoles all of these games that were that were released in that era they're all tied specifically to the frame rate and the frame right. rate is tied to the, the resolution of the screen and so when you stretch it past that point it all goes haywire exactly and it yeah. just shows you the qa testing wasn't done or was barely at all so um another yeah. cut uh, cost cutting corner I mean, that doesn't ha just happen with remasters, right? It happens with new games. Need I say Cyberpunk 2077? <laughs> yes, yes. But anyway. So, crazy idea yeah, yeah. for a mod for a game. Mm -hmm. You emulate the problem of what GTA had. So, like, you you increase the, the, the frame rate and the scale, mm -hmm. right, where it just launches you randomly. <laughs> you create mods 
for games, for modern day games, that will give you them problems as if it was trying to be upscaled from a game that was released 20 years ago. <laughs> so you're, you're running along the plains in Forbidden Dawn and then suddenly you're launched at a volcano <laughs> at high velocity. Then you zip to main base and then suddenly you've got a rocket launcher on your back instead of a bow, you know? <laughs> and then a velociraptor with a pink toot. I'm going weird. I should yeah, take I'm, the meds. I'm, um, I'm but with you. Something like that. Journey. Let's do this. How do we make this happen? Where do I send my money to make this happen? Oh. <laughs> just, just a random mod like that. A randomizer mod. Just messed up physics. I thought yeah. that's a boat simulator, by the way. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's all goat simulator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's 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 talk a little bit about Legacy of Kane, right? Because Soul Reaver is the second game in a series, right? And I know that like the Legacy of Kane series has had problems with rights since almost the beginning. Right, because like even yeah, before, yeah. Um, even before um, the first one, Legacy of Cain, Blood Omen was released. There was this discussion about, well, we're not going to release it with them. We're going to release it with you. Lots of arguments about that. Then Blood Omen came out, and then um, there, I I've tried to fill the gaps here, yes. but something something Silicon Knights lost the rights, and Crystal Dynamics just ran with it, and yes. unfortunately. Well, when they ran with it, we got the be- the better games. <laughs> it, it's a tough yeah. one, that one. Um, when Blood Omen was being in developed, I think it was developed for quite a few years, and they, they had trouble finishing it on time because they Dennis Dag, you know, is the creator, and he has really these grand ideas. And they, obviously, he he made the world um, of Nosgoth, and the original map for Nosgoth is not larger, but I don't know, maybe maybe it has more screens, but it's layout slightly differently. And when they basically could not get it done on time, they Ados sent, oh, Crystal Dynamics, I think, was published at that time. They flew in and helped develop Silicon uh, to finish the game, but it had to come at a big cost, like the instead of a path going from A to B, you had a teleporter from A to B, and this path in the middle was just cut. And uh, corners of the world has been completely re- reshuffled, removed, and uh, luck- luckily it ended up in a f- you know fully playable game in the end. Uh, re- really bad loading times on PlayStation, unfortunately, but it was still playable and you could finish it. And you know many people uh, love it to this day because it's described as, as Dark Zelda, and I love top-down Zelda only. I don't really like top-down games in general, but Blood Omen gets a pass together with Zelda games. But um, it's, it was really this mature uh, storytelling, which wasn't that common back in you know, 1996 and stuff like that. Um, so they managed to do the game, but unfortunately towards the end, they wanted to make their own Kane, Kane 2, but they found out that Crystal is also doing Kane 2, and that's where the whole problem started, and they sued them. And in the end, obviously, Crystal Dynamics retained the license, but they had to credit uh, uh, Silicon Knights as the creator of Bloodman. That's why we see the screen at the beginning of Sorry, where saying Bloodman Alexi of Ken is made by uh, Silicon Knights, but the rightful owners are now Crystal Dynamics slash Ados slash Square Enix slash Embrace. Keeps handing handed over, quite, you know, for quite a few years, um, but. It it always had a bit of a, uh, 
also crunch culture, crunch culture uh, with Sorry World One being slated as a uh, release for December 1998. Then the game wasn't done. Then it was postponed to like March. Then the game still wasn't done. And then August was the final, final release date. Um, so one third of the game had to be cut to accommodate for it. So um, it was, yeah, yeah I think the, the whole third act. Yeah. Just cut. To get rid, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, but, I've, yeah, it's 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 really annoying because the game would be, you know, instead of like ten hours, we probably fifteen or twenty. Um, mm. It sucks because there's so much more to the game than what we got to experience. Because all of us played it at the time, we're like, to be continued, just came out of nowhere. You didn't expect it to just end there because you're like, you the magazines were all saying, oh, you're gonna get this. Uh, Water river and sunlight river and all those different things which were not in the game because I read all the reviews before the game came out and none of this content was in the game. Um, the US PSL magazine was saying about possession and the priestess and you played the game and I was like, where is it? <laughs> it's not there. And nobody said a word about it at that time. I was like, I, th- I thought it was really odd. Like, where did this old content content go? But so, obviously. Like- you get to that point and you you, you open the the game box and you go, so where's the second disc? Yeah. <laughs> Almost there's like that. It's yeah. meant to be elemental forging. There's someone to rescue. There's a bit of time travel. There's there's some sort of castle and these crocodile things to kill. Where's the second disc? And then to a point where if you're really annoyed, you go back to the game shop. This isn't... This, you sold <laughs> me half the game. What are you playing at? You know? Press the rest of my game. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a huge shame and the uh, recently discovered alpha versions showed us uh, actually they had done a lot of the content i mean the f- pretty much the undercity i don't know if you guys know about this the undercity and the smokestack area were pretty much done as in a base area was built you can ro- roam around the textures are in but uh, the puzzles are a bit incomplete there's glitches and stuff like that but I just wish sometimes in my head like if they only had one more year they could have polished this up and wouldn't be a huge game, but obviously that, that that's not how game development works. You're always working under stress and uh, deadlines and you run out of money. You need to publish it now. So um, you cut up half the game out just to be able to, you know, release it. So um, I'm glad they released it in the end, but um, it would be nice to receive the restored content at some point. Maybe yeah. we, we could do it, you know, later on. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where if it was made now, you get the alpha version. They go, oh, it's still in development. We'll give you like 20 gigs worth of first day patches the minute you turn your console on. You know, and then each day you get 20 gigs. That just fixes the start screen for some reason. Well, that's a 20 gig patch. You know, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll make it work. And then a year later, when no one could, no one can be asked with it, it's like, oh, yeah, it's a full game now. No one cares. Yeah, I'll just stick it into early access and have the players play test it for you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Surprising how many people and they do that. Pay for it, yeah, <laughs> as well. So it's like you get free QA testers. So, um, but for some games it does work. Like Hades went through this process. Mm-hmm. But I looked at it. I was like, I want to wait for the finished game, and I bought it then when it because I didn't want to spoil myself, and it's going to be still buggy here and there. So I waited, mm-hmm. and I think it was worth it. So this, but you know, I don't blame people who joined in and wanted to help to you know because you have mm-hmm. that option to do it. But if you don't have to, but sometimes the companies maybe abuse this a little bit too much. Uh, yeah. This is why I really like Vampire Survivors, because that's technically Hmm. still in early access. Oh, really? And the developer is adding new stuff every week, like new weapons to unlock, new Mm -hmm. characters, new features, all sorts. 
So mm-hmm. sometimes early access works, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it, it depends on the game and the way it's done. So it can work and can be, uh, you know, effect, uh, positive for the game. But sometimes, you know, when it, it can feel a bit like you're just doing the job of somebody else. Sure, sure. Um, so what do you? So okay, right. I know that I'm asking one of the people behind one of the biggest fun sites for Legacy of Kane and the person who's worked on this HD remaster. I realize that this is a bit of a leading question, but what, what do you, what do you think is the reason why the Legacy of Kane series is so beloved by the fans, right? There's so many people out there like yourselves who are like, you know, I want, I want to make this better, right? I can see this game. It's got amazing potential. I want to spend a year of my time making all of these remastered, um, uh, skins and, and tiles for free. Well, is, is there something about the story? Is there something about the games themselves that just draws people to them that makes them go, you know what? I love this story about a vampire and his vampire son, who's not really his son, who he casts into like Im- immeasurable pain for millions of years. Then they go through time machine <laughs> wibbly wobbliness and mess yes. with the timeline all the way through the series and then they leave it on a cliffhanger and never make a final game like what what makes people want to go back to that <laughs> also could you believe jay was actually there when the story was made and he he pitched it exactly like that and they went for it would yeah. you believe it yeah <laughs> exact description to the letter i was very impressed <laughs> Well, I think part of it, it could, is part of it is nostalgia. I think let's be honest, because we were mm. kids back then. The 3D um, just started to be popular with Tomb Raider One and then Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, all sorts of things on PS One. It was that I guess crucial moment when it went from 2D games to 3D, and then it felt fresh and new, and you never played anything like that before. I think it's that part of the game that that it felt new, like you didn't play vampire game like that i know shadow man came right before it and the very reviewer was saying like oh too bad it's gonna be overshadowed by um upcoming soul reaver (laughs) which which i guess kind of did because i never played shadow man it didn't really um i heard good things about the shadow man remastered but um not played it myself and then we have akuji which was like maybe a trial yeah game for Soul Reaver and before oh, it's I played a lot of that, yeah. Have I haven't I have to still go into it and play it because you know I have to because <laughs> it's a Soul Reaver predecessor. But Gex is another one the all of uh, two um Legacy of Kane games are running on Gex engine and obviously Akuji as well. So you can see if you play these games you can see the progression of the engine and how much they added to it. And even the latest Survivor uh Tomb Raider games are still running on an iteration of this engine. It's obviously heavily been changed, and uh, it's called Foundation Engine now. Um, but it has evolved, and in some scenes in Tomb Raider, the Survivor trilogy, I look at the wall and I'm like, "This looks like from Defiance, like something you know has that style, that feel to it, which, yeah. which this engine has." It's it's a shame they stopped using it, but it was a little bit outdated. So now they moved over to Unreal Engine Five, which which makes sense. It's easier to use. You don't have to have special to train people, especially to this one thing, which nobody knows the quirks of after 20 years. Um, <laughs> it's it's yeah. one of those things. And then so River comes and then for me, it blew me out of the world. It blew everything else out of water. Cause Tomb Raider, you shoot, you jump, you, you do this, but so River had something more. I mean, the moment you see this intro cinematic, I think everybody or most people remember that cinematic. Like how often do you see 
uh, uh, cool-looking vampire in BDSM outfits, uh, and this this green dude just and tears his wings down, and you're like, "Why? You want to know more?" <laughs> so, uh, and, and the music as well when that hits, yeah, so yes. iconic. Ozar Midrashim, yeah. and it's not it's not even been written for the game. It was added in by mm-hmm. Amy Henning because she heard Kurt Harlan's work on uh, "Don't Be Afraid" album, um, and. Uh, actually, talking about Don't Be Afraid, Don't Be Afraid. Excellent yeah, album. You have to get it. <laughs> um, but Ozar is just, just, it's basically made out of samples, Kurt Love samples, and it just gives this unique feeling, the atmosphere, and basically all of Soriva has Kurt's music in that style. And that's why I say to people, don't play the PC version, because the dynamic music with changing it to what happens on the screen is unique. I mean, I know games do it these days, but Sobri was one of the first ones in PS1 era, and it's literally just one sample and the game assembles or, or plays it as it goes, depending what happens in the game world. So it's really complicated process for such a, you know, it's just a PS1 game. Why would anybody bother with that? But the fact they did, they hired these uh, Shakespearean voice actors, Tony J, Michael Bell, they brought the cast from Blood Man 1 back, to yeah. make it still re- relate back to the Blood Man 1 players. They put Nopraptor's retreat falling apart, so players who played Blood Man will recognize it. The pillars, so it's lots of throwback to Blood Man 1 in it, but I, I never played Blood Man at the time when I was playing it. To me, it just went on in my head. I had no idea. But when I finally realized what it, you know, it's it's about Blood Man and obviously what Kane's talking about in Sanctuary, in the, uh, in the throne room, it suddenly resonated. It made sense. And I think that, that care, attention to detail, you know, the, the go above and beyond to make the music atmospheric and match what's going on the screen, make, you know, have, have this really great voice actors and the script of, of course, they have to have a great script. And it's just, does, the game doesn't think you're an idiot. They game makes you think about, you have to think about the game world yourself. It doesn't grab your hand and say, yeah, go there and there and there. Yeah. It tells you. You have to listen. I find a lot of uh, modern players might have problems with, they don't read the manual on instructions. They're just going in the game and they just uh, don't even listen to dialogue. They want to skip it <clears throat> like somebody and then they are confused. That's just repeats of intros. I will, I will yeah, yeah, defend yeah. myself on that. No, no, I understand. But if you're a new player and you just want to skip everything and just want to play the game, this is not the game for you. You need to you know, be patient, listen Listen to the sound cues. Listen to what the character's saying. Oh, it's saying, telling you to go west. Now, where's west? There's no compass. There's no map. But the game lets you figure it out on your own. I mean, some people can get confused and lost, which I understand. But you do have some sort of landmarks you can orient yourself with. So yeah. it is very immersive in that sense. And, you know, you have the shrieks of the monsters. The the combat feels satisfying when you impale. And I've done it thousands of times, and I still... Re- impel the guy and reef is so afterwards because <laughs> it's just so fun it doesn't matter how many times you do it it's just the sound effects also the audio of the game just feels satisfying the hits the blows i think the story were to miss that a little bit because i think yeah. story one effects are a bit more in feeling more impactful i think the vampires also more, more interesting to kill than humans in general but i think that's that's just something about this game it draws you into it and obviously still draws me back to it 23 years later so it must have done something right <laughs> yeah and i think all of that without loading screens as well right that too yes People that's one of the past think... that really quickly but like exactly you know, to interrupt you there Rena, it, it was one of the first games without well, loading right. screens i no, think the no loading uh screen. 
the um, records, the world records. I think they listing Jack and Daxter one for this uh, world record, which is not true. So we've done it before. So I always feel like that's unrightfully given. Mm-hmm. Guinness World Book uh, Book of World Records. Uh, Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's listed there. I was like, why? Sorry, we did it first. Exactly. Um, so that feels a bit of a slight. <laughs> yeah. but, I've, I've got problems with Guinness Book of World Records. Some of the stuff they put in there is just wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, as a game player, you look at it and you go, well, that ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but you said it, the uh, no loading time. So that's a huge draw to the game because Bloodman mm. 1 is loading time after loading time. Oh, yeah. Constantly. You, tr- you go in the menu, loading time. Uh, <laughs> It's too much. But sorry, we went the opposite. Ditch the uh, inventory. There's no inventory. There's just a glyph menu with your spells. But that's it. Raziel cannot carry anything to the Spectrum. He only has what he has himself. Minimum HUD. So went the way of minimalism to fully immerse the player in the world. You, If you switch, you lose your weapon because it doesn't move in a Spectrum. So it you know, has these laws which you have to observe. Things get frozen in Spectral Realm. So um, it's, it's, you know, it's lots of world building by doing this as well and together with the uh, no loading times it's connected the uh, world morphing switching between the two roads uh, daniel one of the developers he said to me if the technicians knew what uh, what it meant to do on the ps1 they would have never attempted it <laughs> so <laughs> because uh, it, it basically morphs the model that it takes the vertices vertices and just puts them to a new position and it's like an animation of but Obviously, the new collision system needs to, uh, you know, still be the same. Raziel needs to stay on a platform when it goes up and down. So, uh, and obviously, colors change, the music changes, and it's very a, a complex system. And not many games have done since. I think Medium tried it by doing a split screen, but it's maybe not the same. And it's quite, you know, with how many polygons of thousands of polygons game worlds have now. And sorry, it was a relatively low poly, simple game. You know, it's 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 hard thing to pull off even today to do it right. So um, it is groundbreaking in that sense too. So there's so many things about it which are unique. They're special. They they really the developers really took care and and you know um, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> it's kind of like a passion project for them. At yes, some point. yes, it definitely. Like you feel the love they put in the game, and you know it's just. I guess we're just returning the favor <laughs> or now, trying. Now, now, coming from at that time of my life, I was a massive Mega Drive player, right? Nothing oh. too in-depth. Even the RPGs weren't too in-depth, yeah. right? I went from, like, NES to Mega Drive, and then we've got a PS1. I played Blood Omen before Soul Reaver, and I got yeah. heavily into Blood, Blood Omen. And the thing that hit me more than anything was surprising. I'm going to say something that I might, you might not agree with, but you bear with me. Despite the fact of how, for the time, like Blood Omen and Soul Reaver, people might say, oh, well, it's a violent game. The gameplay isn't. What you do isn't really that violent. If you listen to the story, mm-hmm. what happened to Kane, what he did, the decision he made, the fact you, the, the canon decision is, you know, he thought of himself, he could have sacrificed himself. Everything that he did, and then you go to Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, the story is is immersive, but surprisingly dark. Yes. And the, the, the story, for me, is the goriest bit of it, not the gameplay. Right. And be, because I'd never experienced that before, I was sort of like, even with those loading times, I was hooked. Mm-hmm. And when the, when when Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver came out, I was like, how does this continue? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I need to know what happens, and then that that beginning intro, and you're blown away, and you think I'm in for the long haul now. Mm-hmm. You know, but for me, it was it was just it was the story of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the story is the goriest part, and it's one of those when you think about it, you think, yeah, it's not really a nice world to live in. Oh. It it all started because one one noble got killed one night, but that turned out to be he was a vampire. Then suddenly, destiny and time travel, but. Like I said, time travel wibbly wobbliness. Yeah, but you know, it's it's for me, it's the story, the story of all of them. Um, yep. You know, it's that's that's the most interesting mm-hmm. and goriest part about it. And mm-hmm. when when you talk to people, go, I remember playing that the well, the you know, the well doing this, doing that. Do you remember the story? Oh yeah, Raziel and Nosgoth. No, the actual story. Oh <laughs> uh, well, no. And I, I think I think that's that's the point that I think you both made, right? Uh, there was something that Raina said that, and I'm going to misquote you here, Raina, but you, you said about how it it doesn't insult the player, and it doesn't necessarily hold the player's hand and explain the entire story to them. Mm-hmm. There is a story there that, like you said, if you've played the previous ones, things sort of slot into place, yes. but without having to go previously on the legacy of gain. <laughs> Exactly. Without having to do that, they were able to tell a story that there are references there if you want them, right? I've just said Squid Joff, he's giggling away now, right? There just are had an idea, I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> the reference that, there are references that hold the story together if you know them. Yeah. You don't have to know them. You can just go, yeah, okay, so there's these pillars, brilliant, okay. Mm-hmm. And there's a town traveling vampire, excellent. And he throws this guy into the pit of abyss, brilliant. And now the guy who's been thrown into the pit of abyss wants to wants to take his revenge excellent mm-hmm. that's that's essentially the story of the game right and you in except that it's been predestined but right you know, that's that's the surface layer and you start digging deeper and deeper and there's yeah. so much underneath that it just keeps you into you know intrigued and you like want to know more and it gets quite complicated with also the time travel and the way yeah. it like, and when you play Story Red 2 and you have played Blood Omen 1, you're like, oh my God, that's that scene. And then you're yeah. seeing in front of your eyes, oh my God, that, well, that's what happened. Oh, okay. And you just connect the dots and it just suddenly makes more sense. And it's just that's that the heart of darkness that we're talking about. Oh, yeah, now I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the, the thing I was giggling at was when he said, you don't have the previously on, just imagine it, the gothic music. Right? <laughs> Previously on Legacy of Cain, Soul Reaver, and you get Cain, I am destroyed, Raziel, Destiny, then you just get Reaper of Souls, then it just gets into the game. Absolutely. I almost feel like somebody should make this just for the fun of it. <laughs> Absolutely, they should. Well, right? but, I'm going to have fun with it in the edit. You're nice. <laughs> make it into like, they should make it into like a sitcom, so it's like happy, silly, jolly music in the background. Right? I feel like that could, that could totally work. Right? I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying in, instead of the opening cinematic you get clips from the game and it's like with it's just like the friends intro right Kane <laughs> Raziel Mikhail uh, you know all the, all the different names yeah. suddenly in Legacy of Kane they're all sat on the couch and one of them just goes and knocks Kane straight off it you know Absolutely. that's all I'm imagining somebody Great, please do it <laughs> we need to make this happen we can yeah. team up we can figure this out definitely <laughs> So what I'm interested in, right, we've all played some of the Legacy of Kane games. I have to admit, I never played Blood Omen, but I've played them all since Soul Reaver. So I've played In Order, Soul Reaver, Soul Reaver 2, Blood Omen 2, then Defiance, I believe. Uh And if I'm honest, I really, really like 
Soul River and Defiance and everything in the middle is kind of a bit wobbly. Um, so I've just answered this question myself, but what was everyone's first? And I feel like, Rena, you answered it as well earlier on. So, Squidge, what was your first Legacy of Kane game, since we've already said? First one, the one that got the most nostalgia for is Blood Omen. Mm-hmm. Just for the top down. You, you said Dark Zelda. You, you ex- it did it absolutely completely. That's the explanation you could give. Um, turning into wolves, using the different things. You know, the the boss battles get close, hack them to death. <laughs> but but it was it's to my recollection, it's the first game of its kind where it's fully narrated despite whatever happens. Yes. You know, going into somewhere and Kane gives his description and I'm thinking, I'll just put the pad down. I'll have a listen, you know, and maybe if I go out and come back in, I'll do it again because it's it's being narrated and that voice, mm-hmm. good Lord. If mm-hmm. someone walked into my house and started talking to me in that voice, I would lose it. Mm-hmm. I'd just give them a big list of, say this, I'm going to record it. Say this, say this. Mm-hmm. All, all stuff that isn't Shakespearean, <laughs> just the most random stuff I can think of. You know, say this, I'll record it. I need his text message done. But it, it was just the narration took me back mm-hmm. and... I got to a point where I could time doing stuff during the now loading so I could run off, grab a drink, come back, <laughs> or, you know, so I could time myself doing stuff. But it's just, it's it's sort of like, the, despite its shortcomings, because uh, it's not easy to play, it's sort of like, it's the OG, it's the original, you know, it, it built from there. And that's always one I'll remember playing first. And to me, it's not the best, but it's up there of the entire series. I would yeah. say Sorry and Bloodman are on the top tier and then everything else goes under. But I like how you mentioned that there's everything's narrated, there's no text. So Dennis Dyack said that was by design. He didn't want to have the players read through tons of text and scrolls and whatever, because RPGs usually do that. They do the world building by finding notes and, you know, you just read the text, you click on it, yes, no, constantly. But so, uh, Bloodman doesn't do that. And I like that the rest of the games kind of follow this because there's not much text. There's no text to read, really. The characters talk everything out. You can hear the inner voices, the inner monologue, and everything's voiced. And that that's what, I guess, drags you in the game more because you can hear what the characters are thinking. And with Kane, Kane narrates everything. And in his awesome voice, you just want to hear more of it, not less. So I completely yep. that. That kind of thing. If if you could have anything in life, what would it be? The guy who plays Kane, I want him to narrate my life. He follows me <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> doesn't matter what I'm thinking. What I whatever I'm doing, he narrates it. It doesn't matter who's around. What even even like when you're thinking, oh, I could go to the toilet. I was thinking about that. Went to the bathroom. <laughs> it's, it's sort of after after minutes of waiting, <laughs> contemplating that can of energy drink was going to kick in. So he decided, should I go now or wait until I'm running later on? Is it worth the effort? Was he too lazy? Only time will tell. Stuff like that. I like well, it. I, I uh, like the dramatic. You've got I, to make it dramatic. Right? <laughs> well, he's on cameo, so I can. you can actually write him a paragraph and then make him no, read it. Don't say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, Squidge, I got your birthday present. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't say stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It's like the people, last thing I people have done this with the, the cameo thing. I was like, oh, that's cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite celebrity saying the most random stuff in the world. Here's yeah. a collage. You know. Yep. So, so of the of of the, let's say the, the there's lots of main characters in the series, but out of Raziel. Kane and the the tentacly dude. 
the right. elder god. Yeah, that's the one, the elder god. Thank you. Of those three, who would you prefer to hang out with? Right, if you had an afternoon and they were like, they're going to come around and just hang out with you, you just sit and you know have maybe have a few beers, maybe <laughs> play some video games, maybe just talk nonsense. Who would you hang out with? I think Squidge would say Kane because he has Simon Templeman's voice, <laughs> potentially. I'll, no? I'll get into that after you've oh. said yours. You know, I'll, I'll get into that. Hmm. That's a tough one. <laughs> not a- not the Elder God. <laughs> no. so it's you wouldn't get into it at all, would you? Right? The other rule for this is yeah. there would be no confrontation, right? They're not going to harm you in any way. They just come around like, hey, Rainer, do you want to eat pizza and play video games for half an hour? Right? Yeah, yeah Raziel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Squidge? I got It'd a be Kane, but I'd yeah. make it my mission to annoy him so much he stabs <laughs> his sword. He's just about to snap and you're like, got ya! Yeah. <laughs> ah! Blah, you know, just ends up stabbing <laughs> with a sword. You know, that'll teach you for vexing me. Confound you! Where's Raziel? I'm going to taunt him some more. You know, that's that's just Kane all over, isn't it? I think for me, I, I mine would have to be the Elder God. Yeah. Just because that voice... Yeah. The voice, like Kane has the performance, mm-hmm. Raziel has the the anger and the the. I can't really put my finger on it, so I'll say je ne sais quoi. But but the Elder God, the voice, mm-hmm. like you're saying, Squid, you want Kane to narrate your life. I want the Elder <laughs> God to narrate mine. Mm. That's what I want. That Definitely. sort of Raziel, you yeah. must go, and Tony. you know that. On the proviso that when he narrates your life, the entire Elder God in his entirety has to be above you within sight of everyone so no one will go near you. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm talking about Tony, sorry just to interrupt you. Um, We went to Disneyland in um, Philadelphia, was it? Oh my God. If you go, I don't know if it's still there, but if you go to the Haunted Mansion, Tony J is narrating it. And it's absolutely amazing. And I've heard it. I'm like, oh, my God. And then I went to Paris and there's somebody else. I was like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so his voice is just absolutely, yeah, top, top. And even I think I heard someone who sounds similar enough. So obviously, if they do a remake, they'll have to recast him, sadly. But um, Tony Jay's, mm-hmm. you know, dearly missed. No, 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 no. Yeah. And so is I don't, I'm not sure if you guys know about the other actors dying, uh, Paul Lukather, Vorador, um, and Rene Aubergenois as well. So um, it's so sad. So uh, it'll be nice. Yeah. At least their voices are preserved forever. And, you know, they can always hear them over and over again. That's what you're point. telling us, you went to the, to the Hortley Mansion ride, you went on it about six times just to hear it. <laughs> And then no. on the sixth time, you went to one of the workers there and said, what CD do you use? I need this CD. And then you were forcefully ejected from the park because they're threatening them. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> That's the idea I'm getting. I need, I need this soundtrack. Where can I get it? Oh, just work it. Give me the soundtrack. No, just, yeah. it, it works brilliantly for a Haunted Mansion kind of voice. So. And it does. <laughs> yeah. So what I'll say, Rina, Rina mm-hmm. is I'm very conscious that we're using up almost two hours of your time. Oh. And, you know... As, and I've had a ton of fun, and I hope you have too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, and I'm sure the listeners will have too. But obviously, it's two hours of your time in an evening, and you know we're all super busy. So, <laughs> what I would love to say, Rena, is thank you for being on the show. No worries. Um, so yeah, why, why don't you um, tell all of the the people who are listening about the Ancient Den <laughs> and the uh, the HD mod 
remaster that's not a remake, but it's a, it's a remaster mod fan thing. Tell them a little bit more about those and where they can, where they can get those. Uh, and then yeah, we'll, we'll do a wrap up if that's all right. So of course, um, I started my, the, uh, the blog, but it was, bo- bl- uh, sorry, I started again. Um, I started Asians then as a blog spot. Um, and I was, over time, I filled it with articles, comparisons, but I always felt like I need a website, but I never really got into it. I was like, uh, you know, the hosting fees and all sorts of things. But recently, because of this, uh, of my Sorry River uh, remaster mode, I decided maybe it's time to, to, you know, do the jump and actually make my own website for a change. So I made two websites, actually, one for the uh, remaster mode part. So when it has all the download links, uh, comparison shots, bio credits and then my own tad website uh which but kind of i took i didn't take content from my blog into it but i linked it so it's more like a hub for content like it leads you back to the sorry memory master mode if you want it has all the soundtracks listed there and all the links um so it's all in one place um it has my recommendations for modding or, or for mods I like, like Tomb Raider 3 remaster mod by a fan, a Resident Evil 4 HD mod, which I still have to try, which was my inspiration because uh, these guys went above and beyond visiting the sites of the game because they're from one of them is from Spain. So he just went to those places and took his own photos. So um, just absolutely badass. Um, I did something similar in, uh, I started my own bank of textures. Um, so I started taking pictures of the walls of, of all sorts of things around me. And I now I have a quite good uh, selection of textures or bricks or whatever I find interesting. Today, I actually took two more, just, just a brick wall and some uh, wooden things hanging on, on the brick wall. Because you never know when you might need them, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, you find all the links now in one place instead of, you have to search my blog and scroll and scroll forever. <laughs> um, it's quite hard to, to go through a blog if it has so much content on it. So I kind of made it more uh, condensed and it's more easy, easier accessible. But um, my story mode is pretty much, uh, it's finished at the moment. I might do maybe update if I find something. I'm like, oh, no, this doesn't look right. But um, pretty much unlikely for the moment because I already have a new project which will have its own website, uh, which will be announced later this year, hopefully, if everything goes well. Um, and if you guys are interested in seeing the HD mod, but you cannot play it, my uh, the Ancients then on YouTube, um, which you guys will put links up, I'm sure, um, mm-hmm. you can go there. It's still uh, processing. Currently, it's only available as 360p. So I pressed public. I was like, oh, my God, it's... it's pixelated put it back to private so um, i'm still waiting i'm gonna check after after this session to see if it's been processed um because yeah you don't want it is game boy edition yeah. exactly yeah. so it will be up later on and we'll have a little <laughs> uh, something what the game does not have because unfortunately i could not swap out any of the fmvs which includes intro there's the chronoplast visions and the credits they're all videos um but because this is obviously done in a, a video editor afterwards. So what I did was I spliced up. I had to skip the intro because of copyright reasons, but the Chronoplast visions, I actually remastered separately, which I cannot insert back into the game because the GDROM is finalized and it will be too compressed to make too much difference. But in this video, there'll be HD versions of these Chronoplast visions and the credits. Credits are already released before, but I included them anyway because the original credits are a bit too low res and it just looks weird in comparison. Everything else is the game is crisp, but not that. 
So the visions will be crisp as well, just the same graphics as the rest of the game. So I hope you guys enjoy. And yeah, um, it's really exciting to finally finish this chapter and move on to the next one soon, right? <laughs> Work never stops for a modder. So um, I'm looking forward to, you know, continuing my, my new project, which is not announced yet. So it will be exciting. So hopefully maybe in a year's time, we'll be here again and talking about the yeah. next one. <laughs> Yeah. What else? What else, Irena? There's always a space here for you if you want Thank to talk you. to us again. Thank you so we much. We haven't scared you off already. No, no, no. I <laughs> if you're willing to put up with us, yeah. That's been great. Um, yeah, I had lots of fun, and you know, I, you can see, as I said at the beginning, like, oh no, I'm going to be talking about for hours about this. <laughs> I was like, you better be ready. <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah, not exactly. a problem. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was great to hang out with you. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much. Um, well, I mean, uh, you have gone and listened to Waffling Tailors with Raina. Um, definitely go check out the websites will all be linked in the show notes and, um, you know, we'll, we'll put all sorts of things in there. Check, check out the YouTube channel and how to, the, the link to how to download and, and run the HD uh, mod slash remaster. Remember, you do have to supply your own yes. Dreamcast ROM. We're not supporting piracy. Rain is not supporting nope. piracy. You go and find that yourself and do that yourself. But that's the only bit you have to do. And I managed to do it, and I'm an idiot. And, <laughs> you know, and it is quite literally a case of download the zip file, mm -hmm. extract the zip file, point it at the ROM, and you're up and running. Yeah, it's brilliant. As my boyfriend says, say. it's idiot proof. Well, at least we tried to make it idiot proof. But I, mean, I, it is I still get because I was able to. Do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, if you do have questions, pop me an email, which is on the website. So I can always assist and help with any problems. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Raina. Um, I don't, we don't really have an outro on the show, do no? we? Switch? No, we, we never have an outro. We never have an outro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Victus. <laughs> 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 Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Dagay. See the show notes for more details.